Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. This is truly the Dark Ages. In fact, today I'm going to have a Dark Ages reference. Isn't that cool? Okay, the, the key is, okay, we're going to have three keys, and these are the keys to look. Um, and this is going to literally deal with 97% of all diseases you got. Now, we just finished a series on thyroid disorders. So hopefully now you know that the thyroid is intimately connected to the adrenals. It's intimately connected to the hypothalamus. It's intimately connected to how the information goes up into the brain. So, so thyroid disorders aren't really a disorder of the organ. Okay, it's, a, it's an adaptation to chronic stress. We're also going to hit a little bit of type 2 diabetes and high cholesterol and blood pressure issues. Um, on the censored portion, the portion that I don't think the Ministry of Truth will allow. Um, and you know what's interesting? Because we still get patients from all around the world. Um, and a lot of people from Venezuela, of people that, that grew up in Poland you know, during the communist regime. And I remember the... Um, that, and this was, was kind of cool. In the 70s, they would have the Russian news service that um, would, would talk about the harvest being really good now this year. And then they'd have the BBC or some, you know, clandestine camera. Now, this was the 70s before they had, you know, the cell phone cameras. And they would show empty shelves and people lining up when they found that a store would have toilet paper or a store would have bread or something. You know, and a lot of people would just stay in the line just because they knew it. And they would ask the people, why is it so different what the government is saying on TV and what's actually happening in reality? And I just thought it was kind of a good correlate for where we're living now. Um, on the censored information, we're going to talk a little bit about censorship, but also about the vax. Um, I don't think you can say vaccines anymore, but we'll just call them vaxes. Okay, now please get on to Dr. B VIP. We really appreciate your support uh, because we have been well, commercial-free for about a year and a half, and they are shadow banning and everything else. So your support is really appreciated. Dr. B VIP, also Extreme Health Academy. We just did an hour-long, actually two-hour-long seminar webinar this past week, and it was fun. It was my first one. I really liked it. So let's go to plagues, okay? The Black Plague of Europe killed 30% of Europe, 30%. Now, the wealthier did die at a higher rate, and it was back in the 1300s, so statistics aren't real clear, but 30% is a big number. Chronic illness is killing 80% of the Western world. So chronic illness is worse than the Black Plague. Now let's look at what it's like to die normally in America. Okay, normally, since about 2.9 million people die every year, there's a 0.8% of risk of dying, normal death. So there's a little bit less than um, uh, 1% uh, risk of dying. So that means you have a 99.2% chance of, of not dying. Okay, well, it's interesting because if you look at the numbers of uh, even the inflated numbers, that right now they're saying 539,000 people have died of COVID out of 330 million. Now, if that's actually right, and the CDC said, well, they're off about 94%, only 6% of those actually died from COVID, 94% died with. So let's just take the 539,000 people that supposed to have died. 
That's 0.16%. So you're talking regular standard death is like six times more than that. Okay, well, it's actually five times more than that. So it's one-fifth of the normal death. But if we do what the CDC tells us, that it's 6% of that, it's 0.0098%. So one one-thousandth of, of the risk of dying. So, you know, it, it just just helps to understand. Now, what's interesting is chronic disease and these are three things that have risen since 1900, surgery, prescription use, and chronic illness. Now, have genes changed? You know, do we have more defective genes than we did? No, genes have pretty much remained constant the last 60,000 years. So we're nearly identical to our Paleolithic ancestors, according to nutritional patterns and continued relevance, because this is hugely important. Now, our environment that we're living in, okay, is really toxic and deficient. Think, think we did not inherit the earth from our ancestors. We're borrowing it from our children. So if we start thinking multiple generations down the line, we're going to be taking care of ourselves and we're going to be teaching our children to take care of the planet. Wouldn't that make sense? Um, of course, then we wouldn't be um, printing money like crazy to give stimulus packages for the um, governmental interventions of shutting down our economy. I mean, that, that's, that's stupid on a lot of different fronts. But let's look at stress, because stress really is the, the cause of chronic disease. Now, the medical definition is a biologic reaction to any adverse stimulus, physical, mental, or emotional. Um, really interesting. I would say physical, chemical, and emotional, but that, that's okay. Now, that this doc, and I'm talking William, uh, William James, brilliant, brilliant philosopher. Um, listen to this quote, and this is going back to the 1800s. Uh, the world we see that seems so insane is the result of a belief system that's not working. To perceive the world differently, we must be willing to change our belief system. Let the past slip away, expand our sense of now, and dissolve the fear in our minds. I mean, brilliant. Um, <laughs> you, you might, you might think of the police system. Terrorists are everywhere. Disease is everywhere. Put a mask on. Um, you know, it runs in my family. I've, I mean, I've heard so many crazy belief systems. Uh, but we are under a completely stressed state. So um, what's the result of a fear-based society? Well, we have this, a mentally unstable world, an unhealthy population, higher disease rates, and I'm not talking about the COVID numbers or case, case numbers, because that's a case-demic. Um, economic instability, we got that toxic food, toxic environment, and a world in chaos. Yeah, that, that welcome to 2021. Now, so the tools you need to thrive in an unstable world. Number one, you've got to have a balanced view of events, and that's the key. Right now, to take care of your health, you've got to have a balanced view of the events. There is food still on the shelves now. There will not be food coming up in, in, the winter, in next winter. Have a balanced view of events. Now, look at what's happened over the last year. <clears throat> We were supposed to mask or shut down the economy only for two weeks to not overwhelm the hospitals. 
Well, the hospitals have never been overwhelmed, and we're in this lockdown for a year. So just have a better view of the environment. You don't need to go along with the um, insane mask wearers or the social distancing or think that Governor uh, Emperor Newsom is right on. And, you know, just look at the actual events. Okay, um, the government is printing trillions of dollars, and you might be getting your stimulus check. If you are getting your stimulus check, great. But guess what? You're going to have to pay that back through taxes. Not specifically that check, but your grandkids will have to pay it back. So, so this is not just free money. Now remember, the government is run by the people, of the people, and for the people. That means that we give them taxes, and then they spend the money to keep us safe and protected. Right now, we have a completely different rule where the government is telling you that you cannot work and in order to keep you alive, they're giving you back your money that they should normally use for infrastructure, for um, you know, building roads, bridges, you know, keeping you safe. So have a balanced view of events. Not worse, not better, just be accurate. Next tool that you need to thrive in an unstable world, world prepare in advance. Get woo, food, water, health, Look at skills, okay? Look at a neighbor that's got a big yard and see if you can um, swap uh, 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 like your labor for his land. And then you share the fruits of that, which is going to be backyard gardens. They, World War II, they would call them victory gardens. Now, take charge of your own mental status. This is huge. How can you do that with inundated from... Um, you know, I mean, everywhere you turn, you see uh, insane reactions. Well, number one, start taking omega-3s, healthy about, uh, amounts of that. Look at NLP or neuro-linguistic programming, and that's going to involve body posture, volume, intonation, and breathing. Check out goal setting. Yes, even in this insane world, goal setting and mind storming, super huge. And then take charge of your own health. Do not trust the government to take care of yourself. You have to take care of, of yourself yourself. Okay? The more um, active you are in, in maintaining your health, like if you have type 2 diabetes, you know that you do a diet change and exercise and your blood sugar starts to normalize. You change your nervous system and stress level, you see it work. So there are, there's three stressors, and this is how you identify them. You have physical stress, chemical stress, and emotional stress. Physical stress, you can actually look at on digital stress x-rays. Thermography will show physical stress. Heart rate variability, um, surface electromyography. Um, signs of physical stress are going to be pain, um, bunions. It could be um, a popping and cracking or decreased um, physical ability, chronic fatigue. Those are all signs. Chemical stress, how do you identify those? Uh, live dark field, live blood cell analysis. That works really good. <clears throat> you can also identify um, chemical stress through thermography. And it's interesting, some of the signs of chemical stressors, you can look at the eyes, you can look at the skin, pink skin, um, uh, eczema, psoriasis, psoriasis, acne, all of those are signs of stress. Uh, emotional stressors. How do you find out? Well, 
High blood pressures uh, can be the end result of an emotional stress. Anxiety, impulse control, frontal lobe dysfunction. All of these, I mean, you figure your body is exposed to physical, chemical, and emotional stress. Drugging the symptoms without addressing the cause um, doesn't work. I mean, you actually get sicker. So what are the solutions? Well, if you have a physical stressor, correct the physical. That means um, get to a corrective chiropractor, get that kind of care, do um, exercises. We, we offer ligamentous-based exercises to restore the curves of the lumbar and the curves of the neck. Um, look at muscle stretching, like at least, at least a half hour a day of exercise every day. Hugely important. Now, how do you take care of the chemical stressors? Uh, you can do oral chelation. This means you're taking in some uh, chlorella or spirulina or juicing or blending or having a, more of a plant-based diet. You can take in um, IV chelation. You can do saunas to detox, but literally stop putting poisonous stuff in your body or on your skin or breathing um, toxic substances. And then emotional health. How do you detox from emotional? Neurolinguistic programming, cellular simulation. That means cross-crawl, walking barefoot. And, and I know it sounds too simple. It's like, you know, you have di type 2 diabetes, you have high blood pressure, you have joint pain, you have poor bowel movements. And I'm telling you the solution is to change your sleep patterns, get your structural um, integrity back, and to take, you know, eat more organic food? Yeah. I mean, look at, look at the Bible and the Koran and the Torah. What do they say? How do you open the door? You knock. Um, what, what are you supposed to do? What do these ancient texts tell you? How do you get something? You ask, and it's given. The solutions are simpler than we're taught to, to be, uh, believe. Now, I've got a picture here of some kids, and I'm going to go over some of uh, patients and how we find the problem. And I've got 8- and 10-year-old kids here with inflammatory bowel disease, ulcerative colitis. Now, do you think that this is a disease attacking the child, or do you think it's the end result of toxicity, deficiency? So let's just look at it. Okay, you have a young kid that's born. What type of interventions have been done to that child, say, by 8 years old? By eight years old, they've had around 40 to 50 vaccines. They may have had a couple of rounds of antibiotics. Um, they're probably eating some food that's uh, genetically modified, which can destroy the normal gut flora. We doubt if they're eating um, normal, healthy, organic uh, probiotics or bacteria-containing foods. So what's the response of their digestive tract? Oh, it's going to inflame. It's going to... Um, get get larger, they'll be bloating, and this is where neurotransmitters are also. So since they're taking a vaccine that triggers an inflammatory response, what's the end result? So when you look at this, is ulcerative colitis or inflammatory bowel disease a disease, or is it the end result of a toxic deficient? Is it the body adapting to stress? It is the adaptation. Now, let's look at the kidneys, because the kidneys are hugely important. They've got a functional unit uh, called the nephron, and, and this is vitally important because this is how the body gets, cleans the blood. And since the blood 
literally um, carries the nutrients, carries waste products, does everything. Those kidneys, if you have a toxic environment, they're going to work harder. Um, so it's vital that those kidneys, and the kidneys are the size of your fist, and they filter about six quarts of blood every 20 minutes. They produce about two liters of urine, um, um, actually 180 liters of blood per day produces two liters of urine per day. That's a lot. Now, the reason I bring up the kidneys is it's hugely important. 100,000 people in America are diagnosed with kidney failure. Now, do they have abnormal kidneys or are they in a toxic environment? Well, kidney failure is the final stage of kidney disease. It's not, it's not the first thing that happens. Diabetes is the most common cause, and 95% of all diabetics are type 2, and that's a blood poisoning. So we're looking at a population that's got toxic blood. 44% of new cases of kidney disease are from diabetes. Um, 180,000 people are living with kidney disease. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So let's find out. Now, when you go to the government site <laughs> and you type in kidney damage, um, from it, what do they say? Well, things that can harm, medicines that can harm the kidneys. What are they? Antibiotics, such as streptomycin, gentamicin, pain medications such as aspirin and ibuprofen, blood pressure medications such as ACE inhibitors, and dyes used in some x-ray tests. So those are the four things that they list that can cause kidney damage. What's the treatment? Well, controlling the blood pressure, they say will slow further kidney damage, and they recommend ACE inhibitors. You might say, well, well, wait a second. Didn't they just say blood pressure drugs were the cause of um, kidney damage? And Yes. Okay, so that's the crazy dichotomy. When you look how... Um, the kidneys filter blood. If there's damage to the kidneys, and what kind of damage to the kidneys um, result um, from a toxic and deficient environment? Uh, well, type 2 diabetes. Why does type 2 diabetes damage the kidneys? Well, because the blood gets thick, and it's got to go through this little functional unit called the nephron. And if the blood's thick or unhealthy and it's forced through there, it can cause damage to the kidneys. So remember, those kidneys, they've got to filter six quarts of blood. And and if those that that blood isn't toxic, then you could damage the kidneys. So blood pressure would have to increase if you have kidney damage because you have to get the same volume of blood through less surface area. So in real normal healthy world, we know that high blood pressure is an adaptation to a toxic blood or kidney damage. High blood pressure doesn't cause kidney damage, according to you know the the crazy medical world now. So the kidneys are like the ultimate organ. Okay, they produce erythropoietin, which stimulates red blood cells. Um, it regulates blood pressure, helps form uh, vitamin D. It's amazing. But here, what are some of the interventions we do? Well, daily aspirin, we know, and this goes way back 20 years ago, uh, Journal of the American Medical Association said that aspirin is not good for you. Okay, it's literally... They compared the research compared conventional non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, uh, which are associated with a spectrum of toxic effects, 
Uh, the most obvious of these was the rise in aspirin users, gastrointestinal complications up to 450%. Uh, and again, GI um, gastrointestinal blood loss, uh, liver toxicity, and kidney damage. Now, they came out 13 years later, the National Institute for Health Research and Technology, they looked at aspirin and they found out, sure enough, if 100,000 people took an aspirin a day, about 33 lives would be saved. That sounds good, except about 117 will die of gastrointestinal bleeding and about 10 will die of stroke. So you lose about 130 and you save 30. But that doesn't make any sense, does it? No, so we're going to change that. So the health of the blood is the key. That's what you've got to look at. Now, um, hugely important, just focusing in on the blood, when we look at diabetes, a third of Americans will develop diabetes. That's one in three. That's 100 million people. 95% of those are type 2 diabetics, and that is 100% reversible. Now, you've got to check out our videos on diabetes because we have a number of them, and we detail out solutions. Just know that it's, it is a disease of poisoning. Um, when you try and address the, the blood poisoning, the chemical stressor, and the physical stressor that can lead to diabetes with a drug, the British Medical Journal said, hey, you lower blood glucose 9%, you get 19% increase in mortality if you're using a drug. There are a number of people. Dr. Bernstein um, wrote Diabetes Solution. Dr. Gabriel Cousins wrote the book Cure for Diabetes. Joel Furman, How to End Diabetes. And it seems too simple, but you're talking, you change what you put in your body, and that changes the blood sugar. Cholesterol-lowering drugs increase the use of diabetes. Well, what's the, what does cholesterol do? Well, cholesterol is the precursor to every stress hormone you're ever going to make. And it's, the pre, it's 50% of your overall weight of the brain, so it's fantastic. Now, they did, did a study, 470,000 patients, um, newly treated with a statin. There was a 10 to 22% increased risk for type 2 diabetes, 22% if you're taking Lipitor, 18% if you're taking Crestor. But what is the problem? Do you, do you have a defect in your body that you're producing higher cholesterol? Or is cholesterol used for stress hormones, for hormone production, and for brain health? It, it figure if you've had physical or chemical stress, your body's going to have some tissue damage, and you're going to need cortisol. Where does cortisol come from? The adrenals. What's cortisol made of? Cholesterol. Can, can you see the, 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 the relationship? I mean, it's vital. Heck, they found, and this is researchers out of the Journal of the American College of Cardiology, they found out that if you have an increase in cholesterol, um, that there's a decrease in deaths. That's right. The researchers found that for every one point of cholesterol decrease, there was a 36% increase in death within three years. So why, would you, why, why is the doctor smarter than your body? Why are they addressing the response that your body has to stress and not the actual stressor? We know that statin drugs, cholesterol drugs, increase hardening of the arteries and heart failure, 
we know that cholesterol-lowering drugs weaken the immune system. I mean, we can go way back in, and we're talking to January in 2020, when they had the Diamond Princess, which was the greatest Petri dish for this current um, flu virus or COVID virus that we have. I know it's just as deadly as the flu, but, you know, it, you can't say that. It'll get censored. And who was dying on there? Well, there were seven people died out of 3,000, I think it's 711 people. And the seven people, they all had comorbid conditions. No healthy people were dying. And what were those comorbid conditions? They were taking ACE inhibitors and cholesterol-lowering drugs. So we know that cholesterol-lowering drugs do weaken the immune system. And I love this quote, and this is from 2004, um, out of the American Heart Journal. Based on the results of this study, experts said that treatment of heart failure involving a multitude of drugs that proved to be ineffective should be eliminated as a treatment option. I always thought that too. Ineffective drugs don't work. So how about assessing the body before it gets out of hand? What if you just take cancer? Okay, 85% of all breast cancers are on the left chest. Why on the left? Well, because that's where lymph drains for the gut. So this means that it's a poisoning. 15% um, are on the right. Why, the, why is the right? Because that's where dental toxicities, sinus, and pulmonary. So you either have some type of dental toxicity, you're breathing in toxins, or something. So 15% of breast cancers are on the right. We know the causative factor. 85% are on the left. We know the causative factor. So how about doing a thermography, which can identify abnormal cell growth in three months, as opposed to a mammogram, which takes about nine years to identify it? We know cancer is not a metabolic disease, or it's not genetic. It's a metabolic disease. It's your body um, toxifying. And, and if you look at the truthaboutcancer.com, that's a great website. Uh, and if you want to cut your risk of cancer in half, and this is amazing. So if you think cancer runs in your family, even though you have the same genetic makeup as your Paleolithic um, ancestors, number 10, 10 foods or 10 cancer-causing foods that will cut your risk in half. One, genetically modified foods. Stop it. Microwave popcorn. Stop it. Canned goods lined with BPA. Um, grilled red meat, so that one's hard charcoal grill, refined pickled, uh, refined sugared, uh, carbonated vegetables with a high fructose corn syrup, white flour, factory farm fish. I mean, you figure 60% of salmon consumed in the United States is from a farming operation where they're treated with antibiotics, pesticide, and hydrogenated vegetable oils. You just got to stay away from that and endocrine-disrupting chemicals. Now, this is crazy because when you're looking at these are in our environment, they're in food, they're in consumer products, they're everywhere. And when we talk about lupus and certain autoimmune conditions, we talk about the endocrine-disrupting chemicals. But I'd really prefer you to read the articles at Endocrine Review um, this was out of 2009, and the title of the article is Endocrine Disrupting Chemicals and Endocrine Society Scientific Statement. I mean, it's very, very powerful. Now, we know that in America, 
we do have a huge amount of genetically modified um, foods, and it's it's getting worse. Just go back, meet the farmer, and if you want one of the solutions to decrease your risk of cancer, hardening of the arteries, heart attacks, diabetes, allergies, arthritis, Crohn's disease, multiple sclerosis, osteoporosis, septic shock, and AIDS, all of those conditions have to do with this inflammatory process, okay, that it, it's literally, it's called nuclear factor kappa light chain enhancer of activated B cells. I know that's a lot. It's NFKB is what, what that shortens down to. Nearly every fruit and vegetable can, can reverse that. doesn't mean that if we drug symptoms of stress, that it puts us under greater symptom, greater stress? Yeah. So look at your body as intelligent. Look at that you're designed to live here. Look at the physical, chemical, emotional stress. You address those stressors, and you're going to be okay. You're going to thrive. You really will thrive. So um, get educated on your immune system. Look at the actual overall numbers. There are a number of states opening up, and they're called, we're going to call them free states. And uh, we just have to get out of this nanny state insanity where people are forcing you to put a mask on or social distance or close your business. I mean, forget that. You have certain rights that can never be separated from you. They're called inalienable rights. You have the right of happiness, the right of freedom of speech, and the right to practice your religion. Let's take those back. If our government doesn't give it to us, we're going to take it back ourselves. Does that make sense? Join different groups over the next few weeks. We're going to have, because there's a couple of groups out there that are forming, to take back our world. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you. I love you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.